Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 7, verse 7 through 15, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3 through 14, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 6, verse 14 through 29, and Psalm 85, verse 8 through 13. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we need to talk about Herod and John today. We have to have a serious conversation, friends. Uh, this This story has always sort of held me in thrall. I've always, it's always sort of gotten me, and, and I've, I wanted to pay attention. I've wanted to pay attention specifically to how, while I've read this story historically, I've always felt some sort of like, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, maybe um, sympathy for Herod, uh, in the sense that the way that the story is told, he ordered, it's like, well, I, I don't really want to arrest him, but I guess I will. Well, I... I, I I, I don't, he's criticizing me, but I'm kind of listening to him. It says he, he, he was challenged by John's words, but, but, but he, he still liked to listen. And then, well, I'm, I'm going to try to keep him alive. And you know that, that mean old Herodias, Herod's wife, that he stole from his brother, she really wants John the Baptist gone, but Herod protects him. And I think, oh, well, that's, that's good. And then finally, you know, he, well, he kills John, but he felt bad about it, you know. So like, my bad, John, I'm sorry, he says to the head on the platter. You know, you try to find a way there. And, but I want us to really look at this story and the truth of it. And the truth of it is, this is a story about belief in God's power. And this is a story about what we are willing to compromise in our own lives, how we're willing to ignore the truth of God's presence so that we can keep things the way we know how to have them. How we will ignore the way that God is working in the world because if we acknowledge God's presence in the world, we may have to live and love differently than we had imagined. See, John, the baptizer... Don't forget about him. John is the one who comes with a difficult and fiery message of the truth of God's presence to a people who are yearning for God and yet not recognizing God's presence in their midst. A people then not unlike you and I very often. So often we We yearn to experience the presence of God in our lives and in our hearts, to know that we are fully loved and held by the one who made us, and yet evidence for that is all around our lives, and we seem to ignore it while we say, where is God and why am I so lonely? John comes into into public view, into sort of notoriety and fame for being the person who speaks the truth about the fact that his people are not recognizing God's presence. And the leaders of his people are particularly responsible for not leading the people into ways of love and justice, into the ways of mercy and honest recognition of God's presence. They're not doing it. And John's the one who says it. 
He's the one who calls the religious leaders the, the brood of vipers, he says. You brood of vipers, who are you to escape from the wrath that is to come? And he looks right at King Herod, the king of Israel, and says, hey, so uh, sleeping with your brother's sister, or your brother's wife, that's messed up. He says it right to the king. And then the king arrests him, and he comes down to talk to him, and he's still telling him hard truths from jail, knowing full well it can cost him his life. That's who John is, because John is aware of the fact that God is present in the world and that God is working towards justice and reconciliation right here and now. And John is aware that God's people, God's people, have a particularly a particular responsibility to partner with God in the work of love and mercy, in the work of justice and reconciliation. The people that call themselves God's chosen, what are they chosen for? They're chosen to live in this world as if God's love is present and active. So John's hard words are not just going around being angry with everybody. John is walking around pointing to the leadership that is incapable of leading people into deeper lives of love. And we may think that the way that Herod is portrayed here is sort of complicated and, oh, well, you know, he's... He really, like, he knows he's supposed to jail John, but he really is listening, and it grieves him to kill him and all of this. But the truth of King Herod is that when he has to choose between the truth and keeping the status quo, he will kill John the Baptist. He will have his head on a platter. No amount of thinking John's message is interesting keeps Herod from killing John. No amount of listening and grieving and going, oh, I wish it could be some other way, keeps Herod from killing John. To listen to the voice of the prophet, whether it be Amos and what Patty read earlier, or whether it be John the Baptist, to listen to the voice of the prophet is to be forced to recognize that God is present and active and working in this world to make things right. But what's more, to take that voice seriously means examining your own life and recognizing that you are meant to be participating with God in that work, in the work here in this world to bring about the love and mercy of God. I guess I think I've always tried to sympathize with Herod because there's something really attractive about just finding the message of God's presence in this world interesting without actually changing anything about the way that I live. There's something really wonderful about saying, oh yeah, God is love. Isn't that nice? 
without acknowledging that that means that if God is love and God has called me into life, into living, into being in this world, then I am made for love. And then I'm meant to live in this world as if that's true. Well, that might require me to look at myself differently, to treat my own self with love and tenderness. But then I might be forced to look out at the world and see everyone else in it and realize that those people too are loved the way I am and then I might have to treat them differently. And then I might have to examine the communities of which I'm a part and the, and the culture in which I live and the country that I love and I might have to look at it and say, does this accurately reflect the fact that every single one of us is imbued with dignity by the God of all creation and that every single person is fully and totally loved? Does the world I live in reflect that? Does the country I live in live into that? And if it doesn't, what will I do about it? I think I'd rather just say, oh yeah, that gospel, that's interesting. That's good stuff. Good stuff. What's for lunch? Right. I actually really like Herodias more and more in this story for killing John. Because at least she's honest. Because at least she's honest. She's not going down and listening to what John has to say and then pretending that it's changing her life and then pretending she's really considering living as if God is present. She says, that kind of thinking is dangerous, and I want it gone. And you know what? At least she's honest. She's honest with herself, and she's honest with her husband. Belief in a God that will require you to live as if love is true and God is present. Belief in that will change the way you live. So... Credit to her for at least acknowledging that, the truth of the message. What is the message? What is the message? Ed actually read it. I was going to make you read it again, but I don't want to put you on the spot. That the message that Paul writes to the people of Ephesus in the church today is a message that says, well, first, thanks to God, blessed be God, who's given us life and who's given us one another. But then he says, you know why we're here, right? We're here because God put us here to love one another. He says that the purpose of God in Jesus Christ is to gather up all things in heaven and on earth, to gather all things up, to be reconciled to God, and that we, as those who are baptized, as those who call ourselves Christian, we have a special job to do in this world for the whole world that is being reconciled to God. We are set apart to love this world with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is not just a nice idea or an interesting thought. This is our reason for being. Paul knows that God is present in the world, and Paul knows that the people who call themselves Christian, that being Christian, it's not about where you go when you die. It is about how you love this world, God's world, 
how you love the people in it, how you live as if it's true that God is present and active, how you live as if what God says through Amos is true when he drops that plumb line, which is to say things are out of whack and God's here to put things back in order. To be Christian is to recognize that God is here putting things right and then to acknowledge that God, in God's mystery and wisdom, has called you to join in that work. When I was in seminary, I took a a class on small groups, and this teacher had us take a section from Ephesians It might have been the same section, but i got to be honest, I don't remember, but it was a a section from Ephesians. And and he said, I want you to write that in your own words. Because, you know, Paul's words, he can be dizzying sometimes. Even when read right, it's hard sometimes. Write it in your own words what Paul is saying here. And I remember writing that Paul is saying that God has got me, has all of us, and that God is inviting all of us, all of us, to share in the love of Christ, and that God is bringing all of us into deeper love in the work that we do in the lives that we live. I remember writing that down and then just sitting there and looking at it, And while I was sitting there looking at it and feeling all satisfied, the teacher then said, do you all have what you've written? And we all said, yes. And he said, now what would your life be like if you believed it? 